Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. We've had a couple billion dollar verdicts in the news recently. I had a story about the cable company. And uh, I also did a story about Ford Motor Company and a truck rollover verdict that went up into uh, the billion dollar range. And now, Troy sent me notes and Steve, check this out. Ford wants a new trial after the $1.7 billion super duty verdict. And the question is, are they entitled to a new trial? And how does that work? If you don't like the results, can you just ask for a new trial? Well, as I told you in the cable company case, the cable company came back to court and said this verdict that the jury awarded was excessive. And we think that the number should be reduced or eliminated altogether. And the judge knocked it down quite a bit, but left a lot of it still there. I mean, he, he reduced it by $6 billion, but he still left a billion on the table. And so here, Ford got hit with a $1.7 billion verdict, and they like that thrown out, and they like a whole brand new trial. So Brett Foote wrote this for FordAuthority.com. Back in August, a jury ordered Ford to pay $1.7 billion in punitive damages over an allegation that the roof that was in a 1999 to 2016 Ford Super Duty truck wasn't strong enough to hold up in the event of a rollover crash. Uh, obviously, the crash involved a single truck, but all the trucks from 99 to 2016 apparently, apparently have the same roof. The court's decision stemmed from a 2014 wrongful death lawsuit following the deaths of two people in a similar accident, which the automaker ultimately had to dish out millions to surviving family members. Now, there is also a class action lawsuit that's been filed over the Super Duty roof issue. And now Ford is asking for a new trial on the basis that it was unfairly precluded from defending against claims that his trucks were defective, according to the Wall Street Journal. And this is something that probably is at the top of the list of things which vary wildly from state to state. You've heard the phrase product liability. Product liability law from state to state is all over the place. Some states have got liability laws that say if you're using a product and you get injured, run to court. Other states, they go, well, if you get injured using a product, you get approved all kinds of things and sue under a warranty of merchantability theory, which means that, um, you know, you got to prove all kinds of other things differently than the strict product liability rules. And so the question is, if a truck meets all safety guidelines, and something happens and someone gets hurt. Is the truck defective? Could the truck be defective? And that's one argument. And the other argument is, and this is again, it's going to vary from state to state. Some states have a theory called state of the art as a defense. If you can show that your product was built state of the art at the time, it was as good as the technology allowed then it's not defective. But the argument here is that obviously you can make the roof stronger or the supports of the roof stronger so that if the truck rolls over, the roof won't collapse. Of course, there's trade-offs like everything else in engineering. So to make the roof support stronger will make the truck top heavier and it will cost more money. And then the question is, you know, how much money do they have to invest in making trucks to where they can't ever hurt you regardless of what happens. So Ford Motor Company says it has evidence that the truck involved in the prior incident was safe and that its roof structure was actually stronger than many of its peers, arguing the judge at the time barred it from providing the evidence and defending itself. And that's the question. 
if someone sues Ford and says this truck was defective because it rolled over and the roof caved in, is it a proper defense to say, well, let's go grab a Toyota or a Nissan or another truck and see what happens when they roll over? Because no one's saying that those are not defective. It's possible they are. And is the standard really, as long as you're better than somebody else, you're okay? I mean, that's the argument. So Ford also claims that it wasn't able to present evidence that other factors could have contributed to the fatalities, including the fact that the occupants weren't wearing seatbelts properly and their pickup was using tires with the incorrect load ratings, which they say resulted in the tire rupturing and causing the accident. So hypothetically, you're driving down the road and your tire blows out. And then your car goes into a ditch and rolls, and the roof caves in. Is the roof cave in the fault of Ford Motor Company, or is it the fault of the tire blowing out? Or is it possibly the fault of a bunch of factors? So these are all questions that you'd like to raise at trial, if in fact you could. Ford Authority reported last month that the rules regulating roof strength on trucks were expanded 30 years ago to include light-duty trucks to better protect occupants in the event of a rollover. However, NHTSA chose not to include heavy-duty trucks in the new regulation, though that eventually did happen following an order by Congress in 2009. And keep in mind that if they say, here's the safety standard you must build to, you're allowed to build past it if you want to. And here's another thing. Just because they say, here's the threshold you must hit for your vehicles to be considered saleable in America— they're not saying, and it'll also keep you from getting sued. They're just saying that's what you got to hit as a baseline to sell your vehicles in America. This is precisely why Ford is appealing the court's decision, noting that the roof used on the O2 Ford Super Duty was reasonably safe as designed. It met industry standards at the time and wasn't covered by federal roof crush requirements. As a result, NHTSA didn't test these models for roof crush performance either. And I understand what they're saying. Bigger question is, did Ford test them for that? Because you understand that Ford and all the big car companies have uh, proving grounds. And they've also got uh, all kinds of test cells where they test things. And the question is, did they test these trucks for roof crush? And I have a sneaky feeling they did. But, but that's my sneaky feeling, which is not admissible in any court. Regardless, the Blue Oval is facing 162 lawsuits and 83 additional reports of roof crush, similar to this case, that affect heavy-duty trucks built between 1999 and 2016. Ford didn't get to put its case on, says the attorney for the automaker. It was fighting with two hands tied behind its back. There are millions of these vehicles on the road around the U.S. The safety record is strong. Troy sent me the note. Thank you very much. And so product liability is always tricky. You may also know that it depends on what state you wind up in. And I mentioned before, these things vary wildly from state to state. That's on the legal theories, okay? So if you want to bring a product liability action in Michigan, it's very, very different than bringing it in California. And then likewise, juries are notoriously different from state to state. And so you might get a humongous award out of Texas or Mississippi that you might not see out of a Michigan or Ohio. And that's just one of those things. So if you go to trial and you get hammered, i.e. you lose, okay? So let's suppose you're a defendant in a case, you're being sued, and a jury comes back and goes, 
we order you to pay one trillion dollars to the plaintiff, okay? On appeal, you can raise several issues, but you need to know that procedurally, before you take something up on appeal, you always bring a motion in the trial court first, primarily because you can, and you can do that faster because it doesn't require all the hoops to jump through that you do on appeal. So the first thing you immediately do if you get a gigantic judgment against you is you ask for a judgment notwithstanding the verdict, where you ask the judge to say, hey, look, that jury did something outrageous there. The court could, as a matter of law, simply reduce it or throw it out. And the courts have that ability, but to get that to happen usually requires that you prove something happened during the trial that was manifestly unfair. And to get the court, the judge who presided over the trial itself, get that judge to say, yes, this trial was unfair, is awfully quite difficult. It is quite difficult. So you can make the argument. And then, of course, you couple that with a motion for a new trial. You ask for a new trial. And you say, we are entitled to a new trial because of these things that happened during that trial. Of course, again, you're asking for the judge to actually rule that the trial he or she just presided over was somehow unfair. And you're going to have to redo everything. Judges don't like to do that. It happens from time to time. I've seen it, but it doesn't happen that often. So after you bring the motion for JNOV, judgment notwithstanding the verdict, but the initials are in Latin, uh, JNOV or a motion for new trial, once that gets denied, you file an appeal. And you appeal the denial of those along with just the results of the trial itself. But again, to get yourself a new trial or to get the trial verdict thrown out, you've got to prove that something happened that was manifestly unfair. And it wasn't just that you made mistakes during the trial or that the jury was too generous. You've got to actually be able to go back through the record of the trial and say this happened and it shouldn't have happened or court ruled like this and they shouldn't have ruled like that. And that's going to hinge more on what the product liability laws are in any particular state. So keep in mind that uh, if something is put in the marketplace, okay, and it injures somebody, someone's going to have to prove that the product was either unsafe or that it was manufactured incorrectly, or there's somehow some kind of negligence on the part of the people who sold it or manufactured it, okay? And those standards are going to vary wildly from state to state, as I've said before. And then the defenses are always going to be the item's not unsafe, or it was manufactured perfectly well, or look at all the people who've used it without getting hurt. It's somehow the fault of the consumer. And so that's something you hear a lot. But one of the things that people often argue about is they'll say, this thing met federal standards. And that is kind of a red herring because the federal standards are not such that they say, if you meet these standards, you cannot be sued. That's not what they're saying. They're simply saying, look, we've got a baseline. For you to put it on the road, it's got to meet these baselines. That's all we're saying. And uh, if you put it on the road and it meets those baselines and it's still unsafe, you can get sued. That's the argument. Does it meet the baselines and still remain unsafe? And the jury apparently thought so. Yes. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, they're requesting a new trial. And presumably they're asking for that $1.7 billion verdict to get thrown out. But this all boils down to Ford and a super duty pickup truck that rolled over at a time when the safety standards said that the truck met them, but the truck roof still caved in. So there you go. Troy, thanks for sending it. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Anyone who says sunshine brings happiness has never danced in the rain.